What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. Apologies about last night. I had some last-minute personal stuff come up right before the postgame, but it's all good, Ethan, because we're here, and we've got a lot more to talk about than maybe we expected with Jeremy Sohan being named to the Rising Stars game. Scoot Henderson's going to play in that game. That's going to be super fun to watch. Dominic Barlow went for 32-10 and 10 last night in the G League, you know, really replacing. I think Charles Bassey was out in that game, too, so I think he really kind of took on that role of, you know, being the main guy, obviously Blake left as well recently too. We can talk about his minutes, even though they haven't been the most exciting, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff to talk about. Some new talking points. It feels like, you know, with all the call-ups and everything going on and the deadline approaching and all the all-star news and stuff like that. um, We finally, it it finally feels like we got some, some fresh news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, finally for a season that's (laughs) felt like extremely just repetitive and Uh you know, we're obviously losing a lot of games. It's nice to have a a few flashes of positive things to go on aside from the very slow paced improvement that we have noted (laughs) throughout the season. Um, but yeah, where, where do you want to start? You want to start with the Wizards game? Yes, we can, we can start with that. So I'll just let you go off the rip there on, on your thoughts on that one. Cool. So we were talking about a little bit um, before the, the stream started. We had a really nice first quarter. We outplayed them 36 to 30. Uh, felt like the team came out firing. We had a lot of energy. Uh, Kata hit a three, I think, early. Uh, mm-hmm. Sohan got going. It felt like he was going to have a phenomenal game. I'm pretty sure he had 12 in that first quarter. Um, 15. 15. So all but two of his points in that first quarter. So it really felt like we were playing through him. His shot was falling very reminiscent of his 30-point game. In my mind, I was like, here we go. Sohan's unlocked the rest of his game, and so this is what we're going to see from him from this point forward. Unfortunately, when he kind of got subbed out, uh, our team just lost all will to live, it seemed like, because we got outscored in the second, 33-19, and really struggled to find some momentum moving forward. I know he was in a little bit of foul trouble. He had four uh, and one of those w- wasn't really on him. It was a bad call on the ref. Right, that was the one on Keldon, and that was still a weak call too. Yeah, and it, it was really a, a bad call. But <laughs> right, um, it felt like to me, Jude, this game could be summed up as we couldn't find our momentum um, offensively. We struggled to find fluidity. Nobody was moving well without the ball. Um, bad mistakes, picking up your dribble too early. Uh, really, from the entire team, it, it can't really be focused on one guy. Uh, top to bottom, nobody played all that well. It was clear that we were missing uh, Josh Richardson, mm-hmm. um, I think, coming in off the bench. I know he has some of his struggles as far as facilitating, but just being able to get a basket whenever he needs to, right. we were definitely missing that, especially with Blake struggling the way that he's been struggling. He only had six minutes, missed both of his shots. It, it, it's evident that the, the speed and strength of the NBA game maybe has him a little bit flustered. I'm not too worried about it. We saw those struggles with Malachi. We saw those struggles Absolutely. with Jeremy. Uh, just growing pains, uh, but we could definitely were missing an additional guard off the bench last uh, was it last night. Yeah, last night, and then obviously with Sohan off the court, I know Trey is a phenomenal facilitator, but Sohan was really opening up shots for everybody. Uh, Trey was, you know, he was getting into the paint, but he really wasn't getting double teamed, and like I said, our shots weren't falling, and it, it just felt very stagnant overall. Um, so the Washington Wizards, even though they're not that great, them just being a, a better veteran team with KP, Bradley Beal, you know, some of these guys, Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma um, that are just offensive weapons, they were able to pull away because they really didn't have an in- incredible offensive night. They were mm-hmm. just able to consistently and methodically do the same thing over and over again where the Spurs 
were very hot and cold. It seemed like and struggled to find momentum, especially in that second, uh, second, third, second and fourth quarter. Excuse me. Yeah, Denny Advija. I don't even know how to. <laughs> I might have totally butchered his last name there, but Avdia. he went ten or Havdia. There you go. Havdia. Uh, yes, sir. Avdia. Uh, ten for twelve overall. Two for two from three with twenty-five and nine. So mm-hmm. he was he was killing us off the bench for sure. Um, you know, there, there's a couple different things that that I want to talk about with that. Just in regards to Blake, you know, I tweeted this. I responded to Noah Magaro George's tweet um, on Twitter, just kind of talking about this. Like, remember how at the beginning of the season, like we were just like, oh, this is a struggle for Sohan. Like his his offensive game is not developed at all. Like I remember yeah. being on here and like and saying that. You know, um, and and the same thing with Malachi. You know, the shots weren't falling. It was like I mean, that was when he was really like coming in and shooting poorly almost every game he played. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen as the season has progressed and they've got their reps, like these are talented players. They're all first round picks. It's going to take time. It's just this is like Blake's beginning of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, he sticks out like a sore thumb when you compare him to the other rookies right now. But if you compare like where these players, all three of these guys were at reps wise, like they looked very similar to Blake. So mm-hmm. he's making those mistakes. He's getting chewed out a little bit by pop. You can tell yeah. on the sideline. But oh, yeah. he's going to learn from this, and it's just going to make him that much better. He, he's an exciting player. Um, and speaking of kind of just excitement, uh, Ethan, whenever it comes to the the big unit on our team, um, I know it, there's a little bit of excitement, obviously, around the trade. But I think Zach Collins' development is something mm-hmm. that we can be really excited about. He had a For good sure. game last night, two blocks. 16 points, 11 boards, one for two from three, six for 10 overall. And really he was matching up better against KP and being more physical than Jakob was last night. Jakob had a rough game, um, seven and five with, with two assists. And, and they played the same amount of minutes. And I feel like I've been noticing Jakob's minutes going down, Ethan. Maybe that's just me wanting to believe that. But I mean, definitely he was getting like, you know, earlier in the season getting like he would have had 34 like KBD and, and KJ in this game, um, or at least 30 plus. Um, so I, I feel like that's a sign of things to come. I really do. Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall with Jakob. And I agree with what Adrian C. said a little bit earlier. Jacques' defense has, has regressed a little bit. Okay. I, no I Maybe not his defense. To me, his, just, his offense really has regressed more so than his defense. Um, protecting the rim, he's always going to be pretty good at that. I think what exposed him against the Wizards was just Chris Dapp's Porzingis early. Being able to move laterally, you know, right. take him out beyond you know, the free throw line and just work them. That's always going to be a struggle with guys like uh, Jakob Pertl. But he's also, he struggled with rebounding. He only had five boards last night. It's um, like he knows. I'm, I- <laughs> yeah, and I also think it has something to do with the slight emergence of Jeremy Sohan's game. That's a very game. good point. That, that's more of the reason, honestly, I think. We talked about this via text. Sohan, what Pertl's great at offensively is facilitating, one, He's a he's a very underrated passer, and then just dump off the passes. Mm-hmm. Ran a he, lot of plays really, there. Absolutely, that's also Sohan's specialty. He's a playmaker first and foremost. Right now, offensively, he really feeds around that elbow area. Um, he's shown us glimpses of jump hooks, turnaround fadeaways. You know, he has those things in his bag, mm-hmm. and I've noticed recently they're kind of getting lumped up i don't know on accident or if they just don't know where to go in the same spots and it's and it leads to turnovers a lot of the time or just we pick up the ball and we're like i'm trying to give it to sohan but Jakob, you're right behind him your defender's just going to double sohan immediately and we're going to lose the ball like uh-huh. y'all need to get out of the same spot we need to fix our spacing and i think we just need to those are struggles that we're having to work through right now 
Um, I don't think it's necessarily Jakob's fault. It's just, like you said, I'm sure he has the trade rumors in his head too. And also it feels like the team is kind of moving. He declined the contract extension. Yes. I forget about that. Like it's, For sure. It's know. also him. Yeah. yeah. And we're kind of moving in a different direction. With our play Jakob. style. Too. Yeah, exactly. We're very much up-tempo, get the ball down the court as quickly as possible. Um, if we are going to throw it down low, I think we'd rather throw it down to Sohan or or Zach, Zach. for that matter um, because they're more offensively skilled. You know, I think Jakob's probably a better player than Zach Collins and at this point, maybe Jeremy Sohan too. But offensively, I do not want Jakob with the ball in the post, personally. He's got Anymore. the pop a shot, yeah. but he doesn't really have that much that great of footwork. No, it, it, Zach and, it has a much more yeah well-rounded game there. Um, yeah. And just kind of talking about that game yesterday, you know, and this kind of ties into your last point that you were saying there with, with Sohan. It felt like the rest of the game we were trying to get back to the way we were playing in we the were. first quarter, and we just couldn't do it. It was turnovers and fast breaks, like over and over again. We were playing with pace, but we just could not get back to that like the way that we came out where Sohan had 15 and yeah. we were just moving the ball free flowing. Everybody was running and, you know, they had Fabricio Alberto on the broadcast during the first quarter and, or maybe it wasn't the first quarter. It might've been later, but the point is he was talking about how the pace is just, you know, completely different now. And he can't, mm-hmm. you know, he can't even imagine like running the way that they do, but that kind of ties into the way that this team, it feels like is kind of turning the corner into the way that we're going to play moving forward with the, with our core which yeah. once again ties into the Jakob trade rumors. Um, and I'm trying to remember if there's just anything else in this game. I guess <laughs> I wrote in my notes, I said, started strong plus bad at defense. Yeah, <laughs> that, defense that, is just That's terrible. just, and you know, we're the worst team in the league statistically in basically every category. So that that's another reason tonight. Um, and another thing that Pop mentioned about the game is that, he, you know, and he mentioned in the post-game presser, he was like, three-pointers are really what killed us tonight if you look at it on paper. And I know it's not just paper, but it's like percentage-wise, they were shooting like just as well as them, if not better. Let me pull up the actual numbers. But yeah, we, we, shot, we shot 12% better than them overall. I know that, you know, these are just numbers. We saw what happened in the game. Uh, we shot... <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. But they that's shot. Yeah, that's they them. Shot, yeah. My bad. So they actually shot way better than us. Yeah, but at halftime, it was pretty It was pretty even, and the threes were really what was giving them the lead in that game. Mm-hmm. Like at halftime, I remember the halftime stats. Y'all go to the Valley Sports account on Twitter and scroll down to, until it, you find it. It. We were shooting better than them. We were – like basically we were doing everything better than threes, and that's why he said that in, mm-hmm. in the presser. Gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely it's not a good recipe for success when the other team shoots 55, 53, and 88 from the field shooting splits. Right. Uh, it's going to be a struggle to win. But I agree with what Adrian just said in the yeah. comments. you got to get Sohan more shots. I know he was in foul trouble, and he was really riding the bench for the majority of the second, and I want to say the third quarter as well, just because he was in foul trouble in both those quarters. But, yeah, it, it, he's clearly unlocked a new, like, layer to our team and if the we can't 30 get piece him the, the ball, night before we haven't even talked about that mm-hmm. yeah you we have to get him the ball i would i would love to live and die by jeremy sohan at this point because we're already dying right so <laughs> right let, give let him those him, opportunities so he's more comfortable in those reps in those situations next year and he's gotten a lot better because he took these same shots earlier in the season he was just getting 
blocked or just his shot wasn't falling because his mm-hmm. form was off or whatever it may be. And we, we were talking about it in, in, in lives. We're like, he's getting those shots. And I like he's comfortable in like a variety of areas on the field or on the court, excuse me, but they just weren't falling. Now they're starting to fall. So right. let him let him take over, honestly. Yeah, I, I got to talk about the shot here, and we're, we're going to get to a bunch of other stuff on Jeremy here in a second. But um, when you talk about the shot, you know, I, I mentioned earlier this year, Sean Elliott on the broadcast, you can't really change the shot during the season. Now he's like, uh, Jeremy's done that. Like, yeah. he's he's like, I'm like, he, that's another thing he was talking with Fabricio last night. He was like, I can't believe, like, I've never seen a player change their shot, even though it's just like, really a slight change for Jeremy. It's not insane, mm-hmm. but you can tell there's a little bit more flick on it, better rotation. And obviously we've seen a lot more swishes from deep mm-hmm. recently as well. Um, so, I mean, that's just another example uh, of the way that he's progressed this season and how it's, it's a unique trait in the way that he's able to progress um, just so far, like how fast he's progressed is, is something that, you know, is uncommon. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Yeah, it, especially in, like you said, in the course of the season, that's the that's the weird thing. We've seen quick right. ones over an off season, like you become a seven point, you're a seven point score, and then suddenly you're a twenty. Like we've seen that, but we haven't seen it just suddenly happen. It feels like in the middle of a game. Over the so. past, it's like a, a a flip has been switched, and he's just suddenly yeah. our, our like our best player. Like not mm-hmm. I, when I say that, I mean most impactful. I think that's a better For way sure. to put it. And because, what I love about him, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was just going to say Keldon, Keldon, sorry, we're interrupting. No, you, yeah, you're good. No. We're excited. Keldon has, you know, throughout this, even when he's had rough games, he's, he's kept the scoring there consistently and, yes. and specifically his scoring in the clutch. Like he has always been there. It's like, even if he goes into the fourth quarter, he's only got 12 points by the end. He's going to at least have 20. Like that's mm-hmm. what he's been doing consistently. And so I say, and, you know, obviously he's got he can still get better defensively in a lot of areas. Um, but, you know, he's definitely been like a stable piece, which has yes. allowed us to be competitive. So I don't want to take away from him. But with Sohan's offensive emergence, not only is he more of a playmaker and just I mean, he could just do so many things like in Keldon's baby hook and and some other stuff. He's really developed some more stuff driving to the rim that isn't threes, which which I'd love to see from him. But just mm-hmm. overall, when you look at, obviously, Jeremy came in already as a super versatile, solid defender. That's just gotten better and better. And then when you add in the stuff he's doing offensively, it's just, it's more categories than than Keldon can check, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be disrespectful to him because obviously I'm sure like on the team, you know, Keldon's still, you know, <laughs> above him, oh, I yeah. guess, in the in the the pecking order, if you will, like team leaders and stuff. He's still a rook, but it, mm-hmm. his... He, I mean, I saw a tweet today, 18 points, like seven boards and four assists over the past, like seven games. Sohan mm-hmm. is averaging on like all yeah. 50% splits, like at least. And, and the free throw shooting is like at like 80% now. So yeah, but yeah. it's like out of nowhere it happened. It's extremely exciting. And and to go on your Keldon point, what I love most about KJ is most guys need the ball in their hands at all times to be effective. KJ is aware enough to know, look, I can try and take everybody one-on-one, or I could let this young guy, Sohan, who's a giver, like, by nature, let him take the rock up the court, let him create for others, and then he still manages to get, he had 32 against the Suns, right, and then 26 last night, all while not being the primary ball handler. Mm-hmm. You know, So that proves to me how great of a player he is, because most guys just need the ball. He There's doesn't. a reason we gave him that 
$20 million contract, you know, mm-hmm. starting next year. And it's great leadership to know, like, I like he's confident in himself, obviously, but he's aware of enough to know Sohan is better at playmaking. He right. should be the primary ball handler on most situations, and I'm just going to play off of him. Right, and get my threes. Yeah. Yeah. Or take it to the hole, because he's, mm-hmm. he's been finishing a lot more creatively. Mm-hmm. That's something yes. we haven't talked yeah, about. That's what I was just, that's kind of what I was referencing with the baby hooks. And, yeah. and that's allowed his off, like, basically, you know, we saw him kind of develop the three at the beginning of the year. Yeah, he had the mm-hmm. cold stretch, but still, he's been a pretty solid shooter for us throughout the year. He's had some games where he misses a lot, but it's like, you want him taking those anyway. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of felt like he was a little too reliant on that, which I think is kind of what led to the little cold stretch for him when Devin mm-hmm. was really taking over before he got hurt and was looking like the most consistent number one guy with Devin being out again it's really allowed him to kind of have those opportunities driving to the rim and I'm sure they've been you know they work on stuff with practice they're always developing these guys but it's really given him the opportunity to like have reps with the stuff that he's been developing and and kind of adding to his bag driving to the rim if you will I'm so excited for Devin's return because I don't think we're going to win a lot more games just because of the nature of the NBA, but right. it'll be a mismatch. It'll be terrifying for the opponents because Devin can bring the ball up the floor. He's a capable scorer on his own, off the dribble. You also got KJ, who is a great cutter. He can space the floor, obviously. And now you have Sohan, who has mm-hmm. emerged. How are they going to play off each other? Are they going to become a pick-and-roll duo? Because J- mm-hmm. uh, Sohan really hasn't played that much pick-and-roll. I don't know if right. you noticed that. He really doesn't. He, I mean, he yeah. dribble handoffs, yeah, but he doesn't really roll the basket right, right. like a traditional big would. Mm-hmm. So are they going to incorporate that? Is Sohan going to become the primary ball handler with Devin working off the ball? There's so many options. And we haven't even mentioned Trey, who's been a little right. bit of a struggle, but I think that really has to do with not having a prolific score next to and him. And letting they're they're giving more minutes to Sohan at the point guard position. Yes. And Trey's just over there like clapping it up. Like he's just yeah. happy about it. And I think For Pop sure. even mentioned that in the press conference last night. He was like Trey's just like such a team player. He said he has mm-hmm. a big heart. And so I think he's just kind of the, and, and this is one of the other things they mentioned on the broadcast last night. I think they had this interview with Doug. It was like a random interview that they were like playing, you know, on the big screen before the game in the AT&T Center, right? And he mm-hmm. was like, you know, obviously we're pissed off and we lose, but we understand this year has a greater purpose. And I was like, the tank. No, but it's yeah. like, but it really it's development. But the point mm-hmm. is they know like Trey understands the situation of this season. So yeah. he's not mad if he's getting a little less minutes because Sohan's like developing a bunch. For sure. And he's still with those slightly less minutes had nine and nine. <laughs> so still impactful, clearly. And somebody we want to keep around Spurs bottom three team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't think we haven't talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> so we are the, very excited. Yeah, Spurs are a, a, well. I think it was a couple like after the Suns loss. Yeah, I, I believe we were the that was officially when we became a bottom three team. And just for those of you who don't know, that just means that the Spurs are now tied to have the the highest lottery odds they can have. So we want to stay right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to just stay right here for the rest of the season and, and let our guys develop. Um, but another thing, of course, you know, so we just talked about Jeremy and, and all of the stuff, the good stuff we've been seeing from him. And, and to add on top of that, our boy Film Room also says, y'all react, y'all react, have y'all reacted to Sohan being named to the Rising Stars Challenge mm-hmm. yet? So Jeremy Sohan, because of his performance, has been named to the NBA Rising Star- Stars Challenge at All-Star Weekend, which is really all we can ask for. 
because we weren't going to get anybody in the all-star game. But the other intriguing part of this is there's a lot of other prospects that are, that are going to be playing in this game. Cities to Sicko and Scoot Henderson from G league ignite are going to be in this game. Um, And I'm not sure if city is going to play another year or if he's in this draft, um, but regardless, he'll be a first round prospect, not saying like scoot type, but like he'll be a first round pick, um, whether that's this year or next year. And then, of course, we already know that scoots probably going to have the most eyes on him, you okay. know, in the entire game. So hopefully we can get some Sohan point guard one on one possessions with scoot versus Sohan. And, you know, he can let him know, you know, what the what, what he's about and what he's going to get in practice if we get yeah. the two pick. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> curious if uh, Sohan because. Part of his appeal is obviously his defense, and I think for the rest of the world that aren't Spurs fans, they just see, oh, it's Rodman 2.0. He's going to play incredible defense and trash talk and stuff. So I'm curious if he'll play defense like legitimately in the Rising Star game or if he'll do like to everybody else and just kind of put your hands up and let it be an offensive showcase. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be super fun. Um, Adrian says he disagrees. He doesn't want us to stay as a bottom three team. He wants to start winning some more games just with Jeremy's rise um, and w- with everybody coming back. For me, um, I, I understand like that there there is still a chance to jump into that top three. You know, if you're a bottom six team, that's still you're going to be at the ten percent, twelve percent odds um, for lotteries. So that's still better. But just with the talent level this year, I, I'd rather stay. At, at the bottom three i'm trying to get get one of amen um they're just basically top three amen Wembenyama, or, or scoot henderson but but i understand i'm not going to be mad at more wins if like it's because Devin comes back after the break and we just you know uh, we're yeah. a different team with those three guys on the court i'm not going to be mad at that but i would prefer to just have the highest draft lottery odds possible this year yeah, I get where Adrian's coming from. And as a Spurs fan, yeah, clearly I would love to win. I watch every game with the mindset right. that I want to win this game. And, like, I'm emotional until the end of the game. Like, the Suns game, I was so pissed that we didn't win. But then five minutes later, I'm, like, getting so ready tough. to do a live with Jude. And I'm like, you know, it's a good thing we lost. It's a good thing. <laughs> right. we, it's, it's a good thing That, we that lost. was kind of like, how I felt, too. Yeah. It was like uh, we fought so hard. I wanted them to get the bucket at the end. And then it was just like when we got run in overtime, I was like, I honestly wasn't that surprised. And I was like, you know what? I feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, but had we won, I still would. I would have come on the podcast yeah. and been like, "I'm so happy that we won." Like, it, yeah, I see both both sides, but logically, where I am right now, I agree with you, Jude. I'd rather just have top three. Let's just let's just deal with top three now rather than have three years of top of top ten odds. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so. and Adrian says that um he. He'd rather have the pick, but he doesn't see them losing more than other teams with, with the pace of development. And hey, like when Devin comes back, like that's like you said, I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a mismatch for for a lot of teams. And that's going to add another development. So I would not be surprised with the way that we've been playing um, and being as competitive as we have, you know, throughout his injury. Um, you know, obviously, I think there's going to be a little bit of growing pains when that first starts, just where everybody finds out where they're mm-hmm. at. But I could see, you know, like later at the end of the year, you know, going on a little win streak. Well, it'll be a new point. I don't care how much they develop. If we trade Jakob or, and Jay Rich. That's a very good point. <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, I love Devin and I love everybody else, but we're still going to be, we'll be trash if we get rid of those two guys. Yeah, then then Blake will be playing all the time. <laughs> which I'm fine with. Yeah, Blake. which I'm not that's mad better. at either, but that's that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so there's another thing that we also need to talk about in the midst of Jeremy's 
um, emergence, you know, as we have on the thumbnail of today's video. Last night also, um, our man Dominic Barlow had a 32.10 rebound game against, I believe it was the Rio Grande Vipers. So the Houston, Houston's G League team, Um, his best game in the G League by far. Um, Those are Charles Bassey like numbers. um, And I believe Bassey was out as well. So you know, we just put out a clip today from our last live where we talked about his development and the things that we've been seeing. There was a nice thread I saw on Twitter. You know, I was kind of explaining in that clip, Ethan, and, and in the live that, you know, like I felt like every possession I watched him when he wasn't showing up on the stat sheet early in that first quarter. You'll go check out that clip if you haven't. Um, and this was a prior game where where Dominic had 17 and 7. I was like, you know, he just he looks at every possession and is like, how can I make this the best possession possible? The Twitter thread that I saw you liked um, that kind of just did, you know, a bunch of clips and like breakdowns of, of his performance last night um, was they described it really well. He knows how to attack open space on the yes. floor. Like he is going during a possession. If he sees, okay, there's open space over here. Like he's going to go attack it, whether that's a cut, whether he's running to, you know, a Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix corner whether he's running to you know the wing um he just like he know he does things his off ball movement he's constantly moving and it because of that that constantly opens up the offense in austin um Mm -hmm. and that is a super valuable skill that you know a lot of players i mean that that's kind of a thing i don't know if there's anything I, i i don't know if i could necessarily say sohan does that but that's just a thing that he does really well that i don't see from a lot of other players. That's a, that's another unique trait. Super unique in that there are a lot of guards that eat up space and know how to move well without the basket. There aren't a lot of bigs. Most and that ties time, into what you said, how he moves yeah. like a three and a two. Really? I mean, and that's what I'm most excited about is that he is so unique and that I, I don't, I really can't think of anybody that moves like that other than maybe Jackson Hayes, but I don't think Jackson Hayes plays at the same, like, high IQ level, at least at this age. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they have a little bit different skill sets, but same body type, same build, They same, similar running types. I'm very excited about what he's doing. Obviously, we lost against the Vipers, and two of those points are off of, like, uh, I think the clock was running down and Vipers weren't even playing defense, and he just ran down and dunked it because we were getting blown out. Um, but But obviously, those kind of numbers are something you can't ignore. So his yeah. improvement is definitely happening. I hope that if we do make a trade, he should get some minutes in San Antonio. Might as well. Right. Right. Yeah, so I'm looking at the game. Actually, Charles Bassey did play, but only 12 minutes. So I don't know mm. if he got hurt. But regardless, he only played 12 minutes. And so Dominic Barlow had to take over that role. Um, and they did lose in that game, but still. 13 for 21 overall, 2 for 4 from 3. His shot Sorry. is not the prettiest, but he it's it's going in. Um, at a fairly consistent clip now, um, mm. where he's around two for four. Um, yeah. and but of course, the 32 and 10 uh, is the big thing. I'm trying to see 
There's another stat here. I don't know if it's blocks, but he may have had three blocks as well. I'm going to go check a different box mm. score to confirm that. He's had some some like four block games so far too. So he he's got some solid paint defense and and is switchable. He's he's a very versatile and and movable um, defender. Very exciting prospect. I I do want to see him in in, in with the Spurs Me only too. because it's a completely different ball game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how much of it actually translates over because there have been guys in with the Austin Spurs that put up great numbers and they they come over to the real team and I'm not saying they disappear but they just suddenly they're very very human you know what I mean yeah I'm so glad you mentioned that because we had a comment earlier I'm still trying to pull up this box score here he definitely had at least two blocks I remember seeing that as well um so that that might have been what what that stat was but (laughs) I think this is uh, a good thing to bring up when you're talking Mm. about that it's Dominic Barlow the best Spurs rookie since Lucas Savanich because that is the prime example of somebody who puts up numbers in the G League Mm -hmm. still puts up numbers in the G League like and but it just did not translate when he got on the floor and maybe that had to do a little bit with pop but I feel like with the way he's still scoring on the main Celtics they would call him up if they really thought like he could, you know, if the, if those skills would translate. Yeah. Cause I mean, if those skills translated, I think he's an upgrade over Blake Griffin for the real Celtics. Right. Right. You know, exactly. Well, and a, a better example, or not a better I don't example. think Dominic, I do not think Dominic Barlow is going to be Lucas Samanich. And if you go watch our clip today, we actually, mm-hmm. like I said, that he probably has the opposite mindset because probably. of his, his upbringing. But it's just like, that's also a key example of how, you know, sometimes you can see all of these super appealing things. And, you know, it looks like he's a four, floor spacer that's super versatile because that, mm-hmm. that honestly is very similar. I would say Luca probably came in as a better shooter, but like, um, you know, it, they they're a similar build and that didn't translate for Luca, but I I I have a lot more confidence in Dom. Fingers crossed. Right. Fingers crossed. Right. I'm trying to figure out when this game must have been. Okay, here here's what we're gonna do. I, I sent it to you. Just look at your DMs. I know. I can't believe. Okay, here it is. Finally. I don't know why I couldn't find it. It was three blocks. There we go. Three blocks. I, okay. I confirmed it. And he was, I think he was matched up with our boy uh, Darius Days for a lot of it. It may have been Willie hey. Colley Stein, too. So those Not are. Slouches. Yeah, he was probably playing Willie Colley Stein for, for most mm. of the game. Um, and obviously Willie Colley Stein still in the G League, but like someone who's played NBA minutes yeah. um, before and been been on a rotation. So a lottery pick. Right. He wasn't doing it against somebody who is a nobody. That's for yeah. sure. You know, a former NBA guy. Mm. Getting to some other comments here. Our man Swatcho Bros says, I'm not worried about starting to win. Our defense is so atrocious. It seems it'll take a 50-point game from Facts. someone to win. For that, sure. That's, you know, like we said, last statistically in basically every category. Mm. Um, he also says, it's a win-win, though. Entertaining games and better draft odds at the same yep. time. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing that's been super fun about all of these games, Ethan. I know that it was a 20-point blowout, but we were even talking about it before. Like it didn't really feel that way until the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. And most of our games in, in this recent stretch since Sohan's emergence have been competitive, even though we're uh, during this six loss streak. Like it's not like it was <laughs> in that purgatory earlier in the year where we were just getting blown out every night. And yeah. It's like this isn't even fun to watch. Like there's a lot of fun stuff to watch during the games. Um, For sure. Even though a lot of them are else. For sure. 
let's see. Um, I guess another thing we can talk about, Ethan, is Blake Wesley's minutes. We kind of already talked about it, I guess, a little bit. Um, but 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 what are you? What have you been seeing from him? I mean, pretty much what we already said is you know struggling to find a rhythm, picking up the ball too much, um, just you know these minor little mistakes that kind of build and build until Pop explodes on him and pulls him out of the game, <laughs> and that's. That's just what he's, right. I mean, it's a, he's a rookie that has very little playing time in the NBA and uh, thrown yep. into the fire the way that he has been. I'm sure it hasn't been easy, but like we said, similar situation to where Malachi was when he first got minutes. Same with, with, with uh, Jeremy Sohan. I'm sure it was the same with guys like DeJounte and Derek White. Um, th- these are just things that we'll have to learn and grow through, but I'm not too worried about it. Me either. And you know, it's funny. In his first game, he got four minutes and pulled. In this last game, he got seven Six. minutes and pulled. Yep. So it's like, hopefully that just keeps going up. And, you know, the good thing for Blake this year is being on this team. Like he has Malachi and Jeremy who can just be like, dude, we, yeah. were, we were literally like right there. Just keep your head up. You're going to keep making mistakes, but it's going to click. Like it, eventually mm-hmm. you'll start to get more of it. And I'm sure they can help kind of accelerate that if he continues to get more minutes. And also, mm-hmm. I think once if we do make those moves and, and we trade like a Jay Rich or a Doug on top of Jakob, um, getting just more consistent minutes, even if he continues to make mistakes, like consistently just getting 15 minutes because of the nature of the roster, mm-hmm. like that's also going to, I think, help him getting more comfortable because Pop then won't be able to yank him, you know, yeah. like he is now. We have to play him. Right. It also comes down to also like a, a whole mental switch that he has to figure out. Because right. when you're in Austin, you are the primary ball handler. You are the point guard. Like you can pretty mm-hmm. much do whatever you want. You can score whenever you want. You can run a pick and roll whenever you want. You can feed it to, to your boy and throw lobs uh, to Charles Dominic Massey. and Charles. Like <laughs> you are the the initiator of the entire offense. And mm-hmm. now he's coming in off the bench trying to figure out, okay, am I bringing it up? Or are you bringing it up? Am, am, am I, I facilitating? Yeah. yeah. Am I coming off screens? Like, I don't really know what you do. I haven't. Are you a do you like cutting back door in this situation? Or are you going to fade to the corner? Like there's so many nuances that that we don't know as players. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's having to work through mentally. Yeah. Yeah. But it, like I said, I'm glad he's in the unique situation where he was one of three first round picks. Yes. Because I'm alone. sure like those guys can, I'm sure, really help him out with that. And For especially sure. Malachi. Like, mm. and he's getting to play next to him too, um, which I love to see that backcourt. Um, yeah. You know, oh, it, yeah. he's going to keep making mistakes, but that's what it is. Hopefully, you know, it, the, the, improvements and the development from Malachi and Jeremy give me confidence uh, for for Blake. You got to shit before you can eat. <laughs> That's facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like that. You like that? That'll be yeah. the motto for the season. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. Lord. <laughs> Talk about the, yeah, did you get the talent too? <laughs> yeah. You got to shit before you can eat. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the, the one other thing that I had written down in my notes is just the Jakob move looking more likely. I know we talked about that with the minutes earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, but just talking about the deadline again, um, is right. Is I saw that apparently now the, the Raptors are taking calls for OGN and Obi. So maybe Mm -hmm. that'll accelerate things a little bit. Um, but it seems like still that the main news is that the Celtics and the Raptors are the most interested in Jakob. And I believe I just saw another thing that if it's not them, it's still like most likely 
Obviously, these are just reports. We'll see what happens. But it seems like it's most likely going to be an Eastern Conference team, which is so Spurs. So, yeah. I mean, that's what we did with with Kawhi. Like, even though, like, Jakob is not a, a star, star player, like, he's somebody still that, like, we would prefer not to see that often, not to be yeah. in our conference. Um, because he is still entering his prime, you know, and is about to get the biggest contract uh, of his career. For sure, yeah. I think it's very likely that he gets moved. Um, I hope he gets moved, to be honest. I, yeah, me too. Um, what are kind of, I guess, what do you think about the the Raptors and the Celtics and maybe some things that they could give us other than just I, picks? I mean, I, th- I think it would just have to be picks. I mean, we might take on somebody that's just unhappy or has a bad contract that's expiring, but I, I don't know those teams' rosters enough to know like who that would be, um, especially for the Celtics. I mean, maybe, no. No, I don't know anybody on the Celtics. And uh, we're gonna trade him for Derek. He's coming back. I, I mean, they they pretty much the Celtics are crazy. Imagine. They pretty much play everybody. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I don't. We just know. needed to get rid of Dejounte, guys. Like maybe <laughs> maybe Hauser, uh, not Hauser. Uh, what's the, the the dude that jumps from like the paint to try and contest shots? Jumps straight up. Are you talking about Sam Hauser? No, he's he's no. the he's the center. Oh, and, Robert like, Williams? No, he's no. he's a big old white boy, and he jumps Luke from Cornette? like. Yes, maybe Luke <laughs> Cornette. Like I got yeah, the I missed, only. I missed the I first part think. of that. No disrespect yeah. to Robert Williams. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, 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 no. He's good. We're not getting him. Um, but Luke yeah, Cornette. We might get Luke Cornette. Turn him into oh, a Romeo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Romeo, that's the other thing. He's. We He's were hurt. totally wrong on that injury thing. We thought, we oh, Romeo will be back. Nope, it was Sohan. Um, and I, <laughs> Jay Rich was probable last night. I feel like that. Um, he just I, I feel like we just held him out because we can like, yeah yeah and that's another thing we didn't talk about with the weird whole, the whole Devin coming back and we might be too competitive somebody's gonna get hurt <laughs> somebody's gonna get hurt and we're it's not happened the whole him. year yeah right. yeah right. KJ is all of a sudden gonna need 30 games off for a, a hip dis- hip dysplasia yeah <laughs> finding out like Devin has a chronically sore knee Keldon's gonna have a chronically sore ankle procedure you remember when uh, Derek, Derek broke his toe playing with his Nerf guns in his house? <laughs> I didn't know that that's how he broke it. Yeah, he's playing with Nerf, Nerf guns, Wait, and he, he ran up the stairs too fast, and he, he, he literally just rammed his big toe into one of the steps and, like, collapsed. <laughs> he hurt his toe. You don't remember oh that? God, no. I remember this injury. Yeah. Like, I remember the toe injury and how he had big to get, deal. like, multiple procedures on it. I yeah. didn't know that it was from that. But I feel like that's the most Derek White thing. Right, ever. right. <laughs> I, that, I would break my toes doing that stuff. Oh, my gosh. Uh, our man Adrian C. tells us that Josh showed up late to the game. Love it. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. That's typical. Well, any any final thoughts on the Spurs, Ethan? And and things going forward, I'll pull up the schedule here so we can preview it. We we, we should be good for tomorrow's post game, right? Yes, sir. We are good. Um, okay, I'm so looking we'll at it here. It doesn't look like we could get. A, we're gonna get a win till potentially February 10th. That's four games from now against Detroit because Sacramento's on a roll. They have a lot of depth. Yeah, they have a big guy. No, Philadelphia's on fire. Yep, Chicago. They that's always gonna play be, well against us. That's first of all, they're and they're in like the um they're in the play in right now so they're going to see us and they're going to be yeah. like we we, we have need to, get to win this, this game. <laughs> like yeah and it's Demar, like you know yeah i mean in toronto toronto's always just 
for some reason has we got blown out by them early this year like bad bad they just have so much length and versatility i think sohan will give them a little bit more problems but they have like four (laughs) Sohans. and i think yeah for real (laughs) like they have pascal uh og ananobi like uh, ananobi's a little different but pascal and um scotty barnes are like very similar to so i'm trying to see the date and what what date is that february 8th that's the day before the trade deadline interesting and that's who we're in talks with too that would be Mm -hmm. very interesting i think we should do the trade at halftime during yeah swap jerseys (laughs) that'd be hilarious jacob's like all of a sudden mid game (laughs) that'd be awesome oh my gosh but you know you're mentioning that and it's looking like after the 10th we probably won't get another win until the 15th when we play charlotte somebody in our you know in our realm of life and the nba and then we probably won't get another win until march 4th and 5th when we have back-to-backs versus the rockets so it's literally those yeah. are the only three teams that we can like compete and that's with detroit right charlotte and houston like those are the other four worst teams in the yeah league. the only ones that we can compete with and then maybe right. we might get a like a like one or two here and there just like surprise a team like maybe indiana mm-hmm Atlanta in San Antonio. Can, you think we can get a win for Manu Popple at night? <laughs> Man, you know what? The, uh, maybe. maybe it's, it's gonna be competitive because we always we always show we out against been. Sacramento. They haven't uh, seen Sohan like this either. Yeah, yeah, Sohan's gonna go off for 45. But aren't 10, they like aren't they the three seed right now? They're third in the West. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Trey. Shout out to them, man. I know that it's a, a really close race and they could fall, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but They're like good. Like the Kings have gone through a lot to get to this point. And a lot of people yes. like, you know, even myself included, I was skeptical. Like, is Sabonis really going to get you, you know, to like yeah. being in the playoffs? And, you know, they're they're the three seed right now. And I mean, they've got two and they've got two games on the Clippers. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I was I was wrong with that, too. I, I mean, I like the Sabonis move. I've always been a huge fan of Sabonis. I didn't mm-hmm. think they'd be the third seed in the West. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also drafting Keegan Murray, I remember saying like that's kind of Forget a bad, about him. a bad idea. I love Keegan Murray, but I was like, you're gonna play Keegan and Sabonis together, like that's kind of weird. I think you maybe would go for a wing, but no, that's obviously working too. So uh, Trey's gonna have his hands full trying to guard De'Aaron Fox because oh my gosh, Sohan's gonna be busy with Keegan. Us. Yeah, Sohan can't guard the point guard tonight. That'll Maybe. be a fun rookie matchup. I didn't oh, think yeah. about that. Two top ten fours going at it. Yeah, KJ is gonna be booked with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> matchup of the night yeah that's the one no no I... hate to harrison parts but you know what I mean. yeah <laughs> who's there too is it um herder yeah yeah and he's been going off kevin herder versus uh whoever plays two for us yeah. malik monk night. they have him off the bench too malik monk it's gonna, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one i'll be at the sixers game though no i'll send i'll send you picks oh, uh, you're gonna see harden and Embiid go crazy i'm gonna try and rile up Embiid for you yes yeah you need to I don't know. I know he he's the type of person who you could rile up. I yeah. don't know what to say. I'm trying to think of some WWE reference with all the DX fine stuff, but mm. I'll be relatively close to the tunnel. So I'll Ooh. try and I'll try and get there early enough to just go poke him with a stick or something. Mm. I'm trying to think of something you could yell at him. In the comments, if you think you want me to yell something at Joel Embiid, let me know what it is. Just make sure it's not just defamatory. Like, just tell him he's then we'll fat. Get canceled. Yeah, just, just make sure you don't don't go too spicy because we don't want anybody canceling SSPN for their fans. Uh, oh my god! 
Let's keep it PG. Only the real ones read the comments. That's right. It's the real the, the people reporting <laughs> us wouldn't wouldn't be real ones. There you yeah. go. There, there you go. go. Yeah. That's a that's a good one from our man Adrian. Tell Embiid that Jokic has the MVP locked up. Mm. I'll yell something about how they had to trade Bassey because Bassey was going to take his job. <laughs> you should say that. You, you're, <laughs> you're not as good without Bassey. Yeah. You need him in practice. <laughs> Bassey gave him that work, bro. Gave him that work. You're lucky Bassey's in the G League. <laughs> Stuff like oh, that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, for sure. Good, good stuff in Spurs land as of late, Ethan. We're, we're closing in on that deadline and probably the Jakob move. But I, I guess one last thought on the Jakob move before we go. Mm-hmm. Do we think that Zach Collins can be like a starting center moving forward for us? It's a tough question, right? Because he's developed and we still like have another, I think, another year or two it might just be one. I think it's just one more year on the team option, which I feel like we're going to accept for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But after that, and this is very far out, but just to put it, you know, out there, it, it'll be probably extension talk either before the mm-hmm. season or, you know, this time next year. So what do you kind of think about Zach's future in San Antonio? I love Zach Collins. I think he has gone above and beyond to prove a lot of naysayers wrong this season, consistently mm-hmm. improving, especially offensively. Um, I think he can be a starting center. I do. And I have faith that he will even get better as a starting center. Um, Now, can he be a starting center on an eventual championship team? I don't know. It depends on how much Sohan develops, how much Devin and Keldon develop. And does that mean we draft Scoot? Like, is Scoot then our point guard? Then In that case, then I would say, sure, he could be. Um, But if the chance presents itself to draft a Victor Wembanyama, I'm going to pick him over Zach. Yeah. Yeah, I you know I agree with you. I know we agree a lot, and I'm not yeah. even just trying to echo that. But with the way that he's developed, and I mean I am echoing that, but I'm not just trying to say like the same thing you did because you're good. Yeah, like but the way that he's developed this year, it's not the same as Sohan, but it's similar. And I feel like I know that last season was last season, but it really feels like you know he finally got his footing under him after the injury. Like last year was like a getting back into basketball and as the season has gone this year we've seen like the way we said we felt like he outplayed Jakob last night he's more versatile as a shooter um you know you can even play him at the four at sometimes another thing that I forgot to mention I'm really glad we brought this up Ethan he had some good one-on-one defense on the perimeter against Bradley Beal Bradley Beal made some shots but he's improved there too and Mm -hmm. there's a reason you know he signed with the Spurs he said he's always liked them always kind of you know admired the culture you know, his play style, it's Gonzaga fits, um, you know, the way that we've developed bigs. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a very like Popovich type player too, just with mm-hmm. his, his skill set. You know, Pop loves somebody who in 2023 is like, let me go do some post moves down low, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. on the block. You know what I'm saying? So if he can continue to develop at the way he's developed and he's still 24, 25, like he's somebody else who hasn't entered, even entered his prime yet. So I do think, I think I can understand people thinking that his ceiling isn't going to be that high, but I think with the things that we've seen this year, I think it might be a little higher than people think. Um, And it may be kind of what they thought, you know, when he was, when he was drafted in the lottery, you know, originally. Um, So like you said, I think he's proved a lot of naysayers wrong. And I think that 
now that we're sitting here on January 31st, 2023, I think Zach's ceiling is higher than I did, you know, prior to this season. I would have to agree with everything that you said because you agreed with what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing he's shown is um, his passing as well this year. Um, Just he's gotten better in every single area, whether it's physicality on defense, you know, whether it's just consistently shooting the threes. He's obviously a good free throw shooter, too, um, Mm. which is nice to have in a big and and an upgrade over Jakob Um, and and his screen setting as well. I mean, the list goes he's basically gotten better at everything. Every category. So I feel like, you know, with him just beginning to enter his prime, you know, um, that ceiling can continue to be raised if he puts in the work. And I think he can be a starter. It feels like we play better with him, too. Like, the rest of the team plays better. I hate to say that because I love Yako, but it just it seems like that watching. And to address Film Room's comment about Charles Bassey, I'm pretty sure you have to be a rookie G League player. No, but he may may be referencing the next up game, though. Oh, is he not in that? Because he says G League Rising Star. Well, the Rising Star game selects like six or seven G That's right, because they have Matt McClung and all that. I still think he did get snubbed because, well, it might be, because it's not just rookies. Yeah, Matt McClung's McClung's in there. Right. Yeah. I mean, my dude's averaging 25 and whatever. It's probably because, I guarantee you, they were like, look, I don't guarantee you, but it's probably because they want him in the next up game. They want mm-hmm. like a certain amount of talent in the next up game. And they're like, you know, and also it's honest, selling like it's, tickets, right? You know, Mac McClung's going to sell tickets to the rising stars. He's game. already there. He's in the dunk contest, which is stupid. Cause he's not even in the league. I know. I know. Dunk contest is a joke. Anyways, I agree with that for sure. Well, okay. Now for real, any final thoughts on the Spurs, Ethan? That's it for me, man. That's it for me. Yeah, well, I'll answer Nick's question before we leave. He asked, what's the next up game? Is that new? It is new, and it's basically, it's very similar to the Rising Stars game, but it's just all G League players. So Charles, as of the last that I saw, was fourth in votes for that. So hopefully <laughs> there's no way he's going to get snubbed from that. Like no. there's just, his stats are, are too good. So for sure. Um, and hopefully that is kind of his, you know, kind of closing circle on the G league moment for him after if, if the Jakob trade happens and he can Fingers move to, to being our main backup big. Cause he's somebody else that I talked about who may even have a, a higher ceiling than Zach with the way his jumper is developed down there. And he's still only 22. Um, but yeah, the, the key thing is here, Ethan is that Dominic Barlow was snubbed from the dunk contest. Go look at his highlights in overtime elite. He was postering people all the time. Anyways, we appreciate I'm dead serious. Y'all go check it out. And so Eamon Thompson's doing the same thing. Anyways, (laughs) I'll catch y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you do enjoy our content. Uh, Liking, hitting that like button helps us out a lot. Subscribing as well. If you want to stay updated with the show, follow us on Twitter. You can watch it at SSPN on YT. If you want to go over there, um, you can just stay updated to whenever the show is going to happen by staying tuned to at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one and we'll see y'all later.